Airbnb, Snickers, Lexus. These are just some of the blue chip copywriting clients Shannon Crow has worked with in her illustrious advertising career. She was recently ranked at number eight on the list for the world's most awarded copywriters. And she kicked off her career as a graphic designer and a photographer. And then at the ancient age of 29, well, in ad agency land anyway, she landed her first copywriting job with Grey Advertising. The rest, as they say, is history. And now as a single mum bringing up her little boy, she's left agency life to become a freelance copywriter. And in this episode, we look at the journey she took to get to where she is today. I guarantee you it's inspiring. Hello, I'm Bernadette, and this is a podcast for those who are looking to become a copywriter, for those who are copywriters, and for those who'd like to amplify their copywriting careers. If you'd like to learn more about how to get started as a copywriter, check out copyclub.com.au to discover how you can get started as a copywriter today. Shannon, let's start with some fast facts. You grew up in? All over. All over? It's not exactly a one-word answer, but I was an army brat up until high school, then Canberra, and then Melbourne since nine, since I was 19. Cool. And you studied what? Uh, graphic design, then photography, and then a Bachelor of Communication in Advertising. Cool. And what was your first job out of high school? Uh, I worked for the Hyatt as a food and beverage attendant, which is a glorified banquets waiter. <laughs> a great copywriting right there. Yeah. Um, what was your first copywriting job? I, I was a junior copywriter at Grey, which is an advertising agency in Melbourne. And what was the worst job you've ever had? Oh, a Santa photography assistant. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound bad. I was a fairy. I was a fairy at uh, parties. Well, we won't go there. Yeah, and, I'm sure you can empathise then. <laughs> I can. I can. Who is your most or who is your most well-known client? Um, I have a few big, no, big name ones. Airbnb is probably one of the biggest. Cool. Now, awards won. You won a lot. So I'm actually going to answer this for you because I know you're a very modest person. But <laughs> in 2017, you were nominated in as number eight of the world's most awarded copywriters, which is an incredible accolade. Yeah. Awards. Yeah. Yep. It was a very good couple of years. <laughs> yeah. And you are currently working as? A creative consultant, I guess you could say. So doing a bit of creative direction and a lot of copywriting. Cool. Now, some fun facts about yourself. Your favourite beverage? Gin. Yes. And favourite food? <laughs> uh, that's tricky. Um, maybe bun me, I think. Oh, yes. Got it. Yes. And what's the best book you've read or one that you've recently enjoyed? Oh, recently I finished Three Women by Lisa Tadeo. Oh, yes. That's how you pronounce her surname, that's which is really, really amazing. Interesting book. Yeah. Mm. Pretty full on, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for all the women out there, <laughs> one for you. Yeah, highly recommended. But yeah, sit down, have a cup of tea, pace yourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Shannon, thank you for being on the on the call today. And and what I really want to talk about with you is you've had an amazing career, as you've said, with some of these high profile clients as a copywriter. But like everybody, you had to get started. So maybe can you talk us through about what your current life looks like, and then we'll delve into how you started. But firstly, share with us. Yeah, a day in the life of Shannon and some of the clients that you work with and what you do for them. Yeah, sure. Um, so 
yeah, getting spat out the end of COVID was a bit of an interesting experience, but I found myself with a, um, so I'm, I'm in Melbourne and I've got a contract with an advertising agency in Sydney um, and I do full-time remote work for them at the moment. Um, so they've got some big clients that actually re did really well throughout COVID. So they've got Netflix and Guinness and a lot of the different Lion and Diageo alcohol brands. And with everyone in lockdown, <laughs> a lot of people were drinking all of these, these booze brands. So, um, yeah, I kind of I get up and have some time with my son, Alfie, who's five. Um, but the really glorious thing is that I don't have to rush him or myself out the door. Like we can get up and we can have breakfast together and we can practice a bit of reading and then we can walk to school a few blocks away and then I still get home in time for the 9am kickoff meeting. Um, and also working from home means that, you know, I've got a batch of cauliflower soup on the stove now <laughs> while I'm answering briefs and doing this podcast. So if you're a fan of multitasking, um, working from home is a pretty good setup. And then I pick Alfie up just after three, come home and do a little bit more work and then get to, to hang out, do family stuff. You know, that does describe, I think, the lifestyle for, for why people are interested in copywriting. So mm. uh, what you're saying, it's possible, right? Yeah, yes. Thank goodness it's possible. I had Alfie five years ago and I had him by myself. So at that stage, I was working overtime all the time within an, within an ad agency. Um, and I was a little bit terrified of what was about to happen to my career and where I was going to make my money but I just kind of jumped in the deep end because what other choice did I have um, to start freelancing and I've been very fortunate that um, yeah I've had a lot of work come my way and I've been able to kind of continue the momentum and the trajectory of my career throughout this time um, and whilst doing so go on some pretty amazing adventures and overseas trips and have so much bonding time with my son um, while still, you know, feeling like I'm successful. Mm, and what a great combination. So maybe yeah. talk us through some of the campaigns that you've loved creating, you know, just talk us through what you actually did for some of these big name clients. Yeah, sure. So that the year that you mentioned, 2017, when things went really well, um, it was for a, a campaign for Snickers. So the Snickers global tagline is you're not you when you're hungry. And it's been that line for a long time. And as a result, there's been a lot of different campaigns exploring how to bring that tagline to life in different ways and, um, you know, resonating with different kind of target audiences. And so at that time, we had a brief from the head office in New York saying, all right, you just need to think of a brand new way to bring that tagline to life, probably focusing on something that's quite digital. Um, and so my creative partner and I... Uh, working with our creative director at the time, realised that the CSIRO had just developed this sentiment scraper for the internet. So it was like this digital tool that could measure the mood of the internet. And through this tool, they discovered that the mood all around the world was dipping between mealtimes, like it was this really um, common truism. And it just tied in perfectly with the Snickers tagline as well. And so we we worked with a digital company that built an algorithm using the same kind of technology to measure the mood of Twitter. And whenever the mood of Twitter became grumpy between mealtimes, we would reduce the price of Snickers bars and drive people in store to go and claim these, these cheap Snickers bars. 
So it kind of became like a bit of a stock market that people could play while while um, monitoring the mood of Twitter. <laughs> I imagine that when you start a copywriting, you'd never imagined that would be the kind of work you were working on because that is really far removed from your standard copywriting work. Yeah, yeah, totally. I guess the thing with advertising copywriting is that it's always the idea first and foremost. And then once you sell an idea in, it's about polishing that idea and bringing it to life with words. Um, so, I mean, my mum still doesn't know what I do for work. She thinks she keeps asking if I'm a journalist. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people who think that copywriting is all about the leg- legalities and licensing. But yeah, in advertising, at least, there's a lot of conceptual work first and then copywriting second. Mm. Um, On your website, there's a beautiful campaign about Airbnb, about the country pubs, which is quite famous. When, would you like to talk us through that one? Yeah, so um, Airbnb found that, um, sorry, Airbnb had um, just expanded their database I guess to include some boutique hotels and more established kind of accommodation it wasn't just rooms in people's houses or people's houses and so part of this offering was um, accommodation in pubs as well but what they actually found was that a lot of um, country pubs uh, weren't quite getting the clientele or that the numbers through that they that they wanted Um, and then they dug a little bit deeper and found that actually a lot of these country towns in Australia are dying out because there's a really aging population a lot of the the younger people are kind of moving to the the nearest cities for university or for job opportunities Um, there's also often problems with um, you know addiction there's also sometimes problems with racism Um, So there were a lot of big kind of systemic societal problems that these little towns were facing. And as a result, a lot of the towns were dying off. And quite often the last institution standing would be the country pub. And so with Airbnb, we thought if we can um, inject a bit of funds and a lot of kind of uh, coverage, I guess, of these pubs, then it feels like we could probably get some people out of the city and back to the pubs to go and stay there and in doing so, bringing their tourism dollar in to spend at the pub and at the, at, at the surrounding town and just kind of help these little towns to stay alive. Um, and so we found, I think it was six pubs that um, we ended up working with and each of them got $50,000 and worked with a, a design and um, interior team to really spruce the place up and then they each featured in their own little state-specific ad campaign and you know I'd work with them to write up social posts based on the pub and all of the local offerings and also the the local characters that you'd meet there because that's such an important part of traveling to the country and so yeah they it did really really well um, from a business perspective for each of the pubs but then it was also recognized um, within the advertising kind of awards circle as well so that was great mm, it was a beautiful campaign I remember seeing it and I, when I saw your website which by the way everyone should check out Shannon's website which I'll give you the uh, the URL a bit later so you've had this really lovely blend Shannon of the freelance life which is what you're doing now and you've also yeah. had really hardcore advertising agency life as well so maybe I'll just just rewind right back to you studying you know when you left Mm. high school what's what's your pathway to this to this career that you now have can you talk us through some of those key points that were you know sort of integral to leading you where to where you are today 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I really enjoyed high school and I found that I did well quite easily. And then I left high school and studied graphic design at the University of Canberra and suddenly found that I was just like a, a little fish in a big ocean. And, um, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have a reputation as being a good student preceding me. And I actually wasn't that great at graphic design. So I kind of floundered and took a couple of years off. And in that time ended up applying for a photography college. So I moved down to Melbourne to study photography, did that for a couple of years and then got spat out the other end of this advanced diploma, um, you know, knowing how to wield a film camera and a digital camera, but without a lot of business sense, I guess. Um, and I mean, photography and freelance copywriting are quite similar in that you need to know how to promote yourself and you need to know the business side of things but at that stage I was in early to mid 20s and um, you know very aware that there are a lot of better photographers out there than I was and so um, I never really felt that confident in that career and so I ended up traveling for a little while and while I was over in London I met a friend who was in advertising um, and the way that he spoke about it really excited me because he he was talking about, you know, the marriage of um, of like psychologically relevant work with creativity, which is what I was really kind of missing from photography. I was like, well, I've made a pretty picture, but <laughs> the world doesn't care if I've made a pretty picture. But if I can create something that's actually designed to affect or to communicate with people and it looks good, then I'd feel a lot more fulfilled. Um so I came home and enrolled at RMIT as a mature age student and got my Bachelor of Communication in Advertising. So I graduated when I was 28, which obviously doesn't feel that old now, but in the world of advertising juniors, I was definitely the oldest. I was the second oldest in my, in my year level at uni. But I think with that little bit of extra age and life experience, I definitely was able to find my feet a lot faster within advertising agencies and also bring a lot of insight and a you know a huge wealth of experience to the job whereas people who graduated at 2021 um couldn't necessarily offer that same thing mm. um i do yeah. talk about that a lot shannon in my in my training where i say that because people say much too old to be a copywriter and and i'm talking 40s 50s 60s and i actually say yeah. the reality is your value is in your age your value yeah. is the experience you've had, your insights, your perspective, the wisdom that you've garnered over you know, 30, 40 years of living. Would you say that's accurate? Oh, absolutely. 100% true. I think um, one of the downsides of working within advertising agencies is that it's so easy to get caught up in the industry and what the industry is kind of putting out there and who's liking what. And you just forget that actually you're making ads that are supposed to connect with people and how are you going to connect with people if all you're doing is talking to other advertising folk? So yeah, it's it's one of it's one of the ways that I quickly learned to market myself as a freelancer was by saying, look, I'm out there amongst the people that you're trying to reach with all of this, you know, communication that you're putting out into the world. I'm living these experiences. You know, I'm now a mum. I'm a single mum. I'm, you know, I've travelled here and I've travelled there and I've done this and I can bring each of those experiences and, you know, mine these really human insights out of them and inject that insight into the work. Um, and if I'm just sitting at a desk at an agency, you're not going to get anything that's nearly as effective as what I can produce now that I'm out in the world. 
Mm, I have a lot of um, students who are mature age, you know, 50, mm. 60 plus, and, and they say, you know, what industry should I really be focusing on? And I say, well, focus on the ones that are relevant to your life. You know, you've got parents potentially going into aged care. You've got parents who are going to the retirement world, you know, SMSF, um, financial advisory, even just on that little sector of your own family, your own parents mm. who are navigating those big decisions. You are the perfect copywriter for those kinds of organisations. I'll give an example. When my mother-in-law went into aged care, she had a sort of light dementia, there was not even a welcome kit, you know, for mm. the families. And I'm thinking, where's the instructions here? Where's the material, the collateral that I need to navigate this for this yeah. dearly loved relative? And I thought I am the perfect person to be writing content for organisations like this. So I guess I, I just, you know, what, what are your thoughts about when people are thinking about being a freelancer? How can they use those experiences to leverage that into work? Oh, yeah. I think one of the most important and probably most overlooked skills that you need as a copywriter is um, just a good sense of humanity and I guess a bit of anthropology and you know you're you're obviously going to be most tuned into people who are like you or whose kind of you know Venn diagram intersects with your own Venn diagram so yeah absolutely bring your life experience to to the work and um, make sure that you you are writing as a human, even though you're writing on behalf of a brand or a product or a service, right? As though you're a human speaking to another human, because that's exactly what the copy needs to do, um, especially in the kind of situation that you just outlined with the, the care home. Mm. And, you know, it's, I guess what I also say to my students is reach out, like when you're, like we were being toured around by this this manager of the, of the, mm. um, the company, and I wasn't in the position to write copy at that time, but if I was, I, I would have easily said, you know, you know what you need? You need a pack. And it has a welcome letter, it has a guide, a booklet, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and so what I'm, I'm saying to people listening is when you're in those situations, reach out in that moment to the person you're talking to because they may have the potential to authorise those kinds of projects because, you know, they're the ones who need to know this market research feedback. Um, but in terms yeah. of you talked about the study that you did, what was the first job in, in copy that you got or in the ad agency? What was, what was that experience like getting that? Uh, it, it was very overwhelming and exciting. I think that ad agencies are quite flashy on purpose because they need to look like they're making a lot of money <laughs> um, and that, you know, everyone's so creative, so it has to look super cool. So I think it was it was super exciting to find myself in that kind of environment. But it's also, um, you know, the nature of a creative job is that you have to keep on proving yourself with every new brief you get. So you're never able to get too comfortable. Like I knew that I was a good writer. I knew that I was good at like at strategic thinking and coming up with new ideas but when you're put to the test day in and day out on all of these new brands and briefs it's yeah it's easy to feel a little bit overwhelmed um but I guess within that situation it was quite a small agency and there were a, a number of senior creatives who'd been in the role for you know decades probably so I worked out who within that agency um felt like my cheerleaders I guess and kind of stuck by them and what was the if you were thinking of giving advice to someone listening about let's go down two parts one is the ad agency route in this mm. current environment what would you say would be a, a couple of tips you could give them on on securing work in an agency 
Uh, I think that within an ad agency or within creative industries, there's the people hiring are very much looking for for who you are as well as what you can bring to the job because I think the culture of an agency is really, really important. And, again, all of that life experience that you're bringing with you is invaluable. Um, so, yeah, I think be yourself and don't be afraid to bring you to work um, but then also make sure that you're not just applying for, you know, a job ad that you see with a piece of or a digital file from your side of things because that is such an impersonal experience. If you can actually go out there and meet people and seize opportunities as you were just talking about or even go to some of the networking events, which I know can <laughs> sound really icky and networking can make you feel like your skin's crawling, but quite often again, within creative industries, the, the networking events can actually be quite fun. Um, so if you haven't tried one, I'd recommend going along. Just meet people, talk about what you do, talk about what you're interested in, because those connections are the ones that you might not expect anything to come from, but you'll probably find that, you know, an, an email will pop up in your inbox um, at some point in time. And then it's a bit of an avalanche effect after that. Mm. What about people who haven't got any work in their portfolio? And from an agency perspective, that's that's pretty critical. What would you suggest for that chicken and the egg scenario? Yeah, I think um, so if you don't have any work in your folio, there's always problems that need to be solved. And that's what creative advertising is all about, solving business problems. So it's about kind of opening your eyes to things in your own world that you're not quite content with and then thinking of a creative solution to that. Um, but also there's so many different competitions online and there's if you're not wanting to enter a live competition, you can always go back and retrofit other people's entries so you see the creative solution they came up with, um, work out what the brief might have been and then give yourself that brief. So I think, yeah, you have to be proactive. There's no excuse not to create work. <laughs> but when you say competitions, what kind of competitions are you thinking about? Uh, I, I teach at a university down here in Melbourne. So a lot of the competitions at the front of my mind at the moment are, are student competitions. There's one called DNAD New Bloods. Um, so that encompasses advertising and more kind of pure copy as well as branding and graphic design. Um, can is like the city in the south of France but also where this annual advertising festival is held and they have a student competition called Future Lions. Um, there's a company called It's Nice That over in the UK and they release a lot of different creative briefs. Um, you know some of them are more in the art and design world again but I think even, even then if what you're after is work for your book you can always um, skim what you like from those briefs and use it to inspire you to write some words. That's a great idea. And I was talking to Gabby Libovich um, on another podcast who was the founder, co-founder of Capture the Day and a Scoop on a Menu Log, and he was talking about hiring copywriters. And one woman um, applied and she didn't have any experience, but she rewrote some of the catch ads and mm. it instantly stood out and he gave her the job. He said, I just loved it. Someone went a little bit extra and really demonstrated what they can do. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So talk to me, Shannon, about what was the leap between or like some pinch me moments, you know, as a copywriter when you go, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm doing this yeah, in terms of reaching that pinnacle for you as a, as a career copywriter. 
Yeah, sure. I guess I guess one of them again is harking back to 2017. Um, so. I was flown over to Cannes for this advertising festival and that's when the Snickers Hunger Rhythm campaign was doing really well. I was actually um, a part of a career acceleration program for creative women that's called See It, Be It. So they took me over to Cannes. It was like a backstage pass to this festival where we were getting mentored by some of the most amazing women within the business. Um, and it's also the year that I had a campaign winning a lot of awards. So the whole week was just out of this world and I feel like I can never go back to Cannes again because I could never ever beat that experience um, and off the back of that trip actually I met the marketing team from Airbnb and they expressed interest in having me join their team and while it, um, like an official full-time role has never eventuated I have been freelancing with them regularly for the past four years which has included a few trips over to San Francisco and Singapore so yeah I think that being able to travel with work is amazing especially because you can write words on a laptop from wherever you are and I'm sitting at my dining room table right now but to, to be flown you know to the other side of the world for those words <laughs> with your laptop was a pretty amazing experience. Amazing and what would you recommend as a tip for some copywriters getting started in a freelance world now you had the benefit of going from agency to freelance so you you, you sort of dragged your career your reputation with you didn't you you know you were yeah. established to some degree was that a fair call yeah yeah definitely I think um yeah as well as my reputation I think it was the relationships that I definitely learned to capitalize upon very quickly because Advertising is quite a transient industry and I guess, you know, creatives, especially freelance creatives, you know, are always kind of dipping in and dipping out of different jobs. So I think work out which relationships you can get value from and add value to and just make sure that you're always nurturing those because you never know where that person that you met two years ago is now working and, you know, as, as their network expands, so too does yours. So I think that's that's definitely what happened to me um, was that I'd been working in agencies for, I guess, only four or five years, but within that time had crossed paths and worked with so many different people who then go out and find new jobs that my so that my circle was just expanding really rapidly whenever they were recruited somewhere else. Um, I think the other thing to definitely work out very early as well is what you're worth and how to be confident in charging that. Um, I think, you know, with creative output and with words especially, you know, your job might be to come up with a tagline and that tagline might only be three words long, but it could have taken you 10,000 words to get to the perfect three words. So don't feel guilty for charging money for what looks like only three words because it's actually all of the strategy and the brainstorming and the you know, the writing and the refinement and then the the experience that can add weight to your recommendation of what the tagline should be that you're charging for with each job. I think that's a really pertinent point. I, I probably get more questions about money and charging mm. than any other question. So what techniques would you recommend there, Shannon, for how a, a new copywriter, maybe without the confidence, can start charging what they're worth, considering they might have had 20 years in business, but in another field yeah sure it's yeah it's a tricky one so the way that I charge changes from job to job and client to client sometimes it feels like a project fee is a better way to structure things because there's a lot of 
thinking <laughs> and again you can't you can't see a lot of that thinking so I don't want to be sitting here charging by the hour if I'm just staring at the wall waiting for these synapses to spark um, other times it's it's more a case of an hourly rate or a day rate or a weekly rate so I think um, once you I guess with the hourly daily weekly rate it's it's easier to kind of do a bit of investigation online as to what companies would charge your labour out at um, and then realise that, you know, you can add a little bit on top of that as well because they're obviously, you know, there's a gap between what they're charging you out at and what they're actually paying you. So I found that out from the agency that I was leaving when I had Alfie. Um, I knew what they were paying me. I found out what they were charging me out at and I went in in the middle. Um, so I knew that the clients I was working with were still going to be saving money and I was going to be making a bit more. So I think that was important. Like do your research. Um, another good piece of advice that I got <laughs> was um, uh, if, if you're not sure what you should be asking for, then turn the question around because quite often the people you're working for do have an idea of their budget and they're hoping that you come in under that. But just turn it around. If someone says, what, what do you want to get paid? Just say to them, how much do you think I'm worth? And what I've learned, especially for female creatives, is that nine times out of ten, they're going to come back with a higher number than what you would have been confident putting forward to start with. Really? That's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Most times I find that the, the clients really struggle to give a, a number, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. So you end up trying to present, you know, a fee. And I know that you, whoever mentions the first number loses, basically. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I know that to be a fact. Um, but, yeah, what, what techniques would you recommend if someone, the client's just genuinely or pretending to be at a loss for a budget? Um. Oh, good question. I think, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> You're lucky really to have not been question. in it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I've definitely had clients, um, you know, send through queries about whether we could work together and how much I cost. And I've gone back and said, yeah, that's fine, but these are my costs and, you know, price myself out. And that's fine because also, as I said earlier, like you have to know what you're worth and you have to charge that. Um, so I think it's it's very easy, especially early on, to feel like you should do people favours. Um, but, you know, you're, this is a trade and you're trading your skill and what they're giving you in return for your skill is money. Um, but, yeah, how to establish how much that money should be is, is really tricky. And mm -hmm. I think you have, to, you have to know how quickly you work or how many rounds of edits you might need. Um, from your own output but then when you're working with a new client as well you don't really know how they're going to work and how much back and forthing is going to be required so um, it's a really good idea when you do send through a quote to be quite particular about all right this is going to get you three days worth of work and two rounds of feedback as an example um, mm -hmm. and then as you kind of prove yourself and build that trust you'll you'll find yourself in a bit of a groove with with the clients that you do work well with and they're going to be the ones that keep on coming back to you um, organically and yeah if you if you have a bad feeling about a client at the start of the job then I think there's a, a, a lot to be said about trusting your gut as well. Mm, mm. 
And I think you're sort of also telling us there, Shannon, that, and it certainly happened for me, if you get a client and you like and you work well, the client actually doesn't want to find a new copywriter. They actually mm. want to stick with you because you know them and they've invested in you and you've learned the business. For them to pick up sticks and go elsewhere is actually a big headache. So just know from a copywriting's perspective, you have power. You know, the, the longer yeah. you're with a client and, and you go as well, you, you have a, a lot of control over that. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of trust that's, that's you know, needed from the client side because quite often there's a tight deadline and, you know, this is a piece of collateral that they're producing that is going to represent the business and the brand and they're trusting you who've never written this particular thing for them, obviously, because it doesn't exist. And so they can't know that what you're going to produce is great until you've actually produced it. So um, I think, yeah, if you can kind of keep that in the back of your mind as well and just um, feel confident in your work because that will reassure the client as well. And then when you do deliver and they do see that, you know, you can walk the talk, then, yeah, it's, it's quite often that they do keep coming back and back and back. You've touched on a, a nice point right there, which is confidence. And I'm sure at certain times in your career, you probably haven't been confident because I mm. certainly know a lot of the students I work with, especially when they're starting out to be, it's obvious, you know, if you haven't done something, of course, you're going to feel um, uncertain. So maybe can you reflect on any time in your career or whether it still happens for you, but the imposter syndrome or the feeling of the blank page is, is just overwhelming. You don't know where to start. How do you deal or what strategies can you recommend to people to help them overcome that lack of belief in themselves and just to, um, to, to move through it? Yeah, sure. I think, yeah, there's definitely been countless times where I've felt like an imposter or felt like my confidence had totally disappeared. I think, you know, when I first had Alfie's brand new mum, very sleep deprived, I was, you know, had gone back to live at my parents' place <laughs> as a 32 year old woman. And I was like, oh my goodness, what's become of my life? Where's my job going to go? And so I'd lost a lot of confidence, you know, personally and professionally. Um, but I just had to kind of stop that feeling from swelling up inside myself and taking over. And the way that I did that was to, to just like take a moment and recognise how I felt. Um, and I think in giving it a name, it suddenly became less scary. I was like, all right, I feel a little bit anxious because of this. I addressed it and then um, felt like I could kind of tackle it head on a bit more. But then I guess at that time also as well as when I was starting to get a bit of repeat clientele and so I thought, all right, these people wouldn't be coming back to me if I wasn't doing a good job. You know, it wasn't just the, the name of the agency that it was, you know, buoying up my work. It's actually because I can do this job. And it's, it's just this kind of mantra that you have to keep on repeating to yourself when you are feeling a bit anxious um, recognize how you're feeling and send that feeling away with with some positive affirmations I think mm, beautiful and in terms of um, some creative maybe some craft tips you know in terms of taking a brief what are some things that you've done wrong in the past that you never do now in, in terms of taking the brief what would you recommend some tips there uh, I think that it's very, very easy to fall in love with your first idea or just to try and write your way to a solution. <laughs> um, but, the, you know, the, the best copywriting is always going to be steeped in insight and, again, re remembering that you're a human talking to another human or you're a human talking on behalf of a brand to humans. 
So, yeah, I think just trying to write your way straight into a solution to get the brief off your desk is never going to result in the best work. Um, and I think also it's very easy to get stuck at your desk just Googling things, <laughs> um, but you should be out there talking to people that you're trying to write to or write about because if you don't have that experience firsthand, then, you know, there's other ways to learn about it and Google is not necessarily going to be the best way. Excellent. And in terms of um, getting work for the freelancers that we've just sort of been talking about, um, what kind of promotional content do they need for themselves to market themselves best? What kind of things do you think they should be building up? Yeah, I think obviously having a folio if you do have some work and if you don't have some work then start seeking out those briefs or those opportunities so that you do have some examples of, of your skills and capabilities online um, I think part of that folio though that's super important especially for copywriters is your about me section um, so every instance of the written word is an example of what you can do so if, if I go to your you know, to your folio and I see that you've got a great brochure for this or some great social posts for that, but then I go to your about me section and you don't know how to write about yourself, makes me very dubious about how you'd write about my brand. So I think really, really focus on your about me section. Uh, Realise that all of the copy on your folio is examples of what you're capable of as opposed to the examples themselves. I think the other thing you really need to do is I'd recommend having a LinkedIn bio and, again, making sure that you're using your skills as a copywriter to populate that bio as much and as interestingly as possible. And then even things like if you've got social media, then make sure that you're using those, you know, that little character limit as in the captions to kind of to flex your copywriting skills as well because there's so many clients, so many brands that just... Uh, on social media and they should be on social media but they don't know how to be so I think just practicing within your own world of socials is a great way to to keep on flexing those muscles and also to show off the skills that you've got. I think you're right that there's there's no excuse I think they were the words you used about not writing because mm. there's a world out there of content that needs to be improved upon or content for yourself or these briefs that you've been mentioning you know in terms of the competition so I can think it's about just just picking a, a couple of pieces and going with it rather than being overwhelmed with what you have to create, just focus on one or two things and do them yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Now, Shannon, before we wrap up, you've got a really interesting side hustle going on in Tasmania. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, I have passive income dreams and I'm starting to put um, a few pieces into play that are making these dreams come true. And so one of them is a, it's, a, it's an old fisherman's shack right way down south in Tasmania um, on the Tasman Peninsula and it's it was built in the 1940s and it's you know lived its life as a house for a long time but I actually bought it mid last year and it's now run as an Airbnb um, for the majority of the year but then over the winter months I hold creative residencies there um, so we've had some designers and illustrators and artists come through and they've, you know, done beautiful paintings for the walls and paintings on the walls in the form of some murals. Um, but I'm really trying to focus in on writers now. Um, so it's, it's called the Tassie Writers Shack. Um, and if you're interested in doing a residency, there's still a few spots available this year. So it'd be, it's usually about a three to five night stay down at the shack um, in return for 
producing something that that I could use within the shack or with or, or while I guess um, advertising the shack. Wow, sounds amazing. We can put those uh, those details in the show notes. So, Shannon, thank you so much for sharing your journey and your insights with us. It's been absolutely fascinating. I just love your story. It's a really um, inspiring story for people who are you know looking to pursue this lovely lifestyle of you know creativity and independence. So, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a blast. It's so wonderful to see how copywriting can help everyone but in particular, women have their cake and eat it too. A family, a career, a creative endeavor, challenging work, respect, accolades, and most importantly, freedom to live life on our terms. So my inspirational tip of the day, if you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. My writing tip of the day, if you struggle to write copy or it's just not flowing for some reason, why not use that little voice recording memo device on your phone or your email and you can start dictating your copy instead of writing it. It will save you oodles of time. And my joke of the day, because I know you're waiting for it, my son just swallowed a bunch of coins. Doctors are monitoring him constantly, but there's no change yet. If you'd like to learn more about our copywriting courses, you can visit writerscenter.com.au or copyschool.com and see what course is best for you. Connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you'd like to hear more inspirational stories like this one from Shannon Crow, stay tuned for the next episode. I'm Bernadette Short. All the best. Take care and bye-bye.